What are you talking about? Hell no. Uh-uh. That ain't gonna fly. Facts, homie. Straight facts. I just want to keep it real. It's all I know. Fake news? Uh-uh. Why would you do that? Exactly where did you get that from? Nah, can't believe it. Man, you gotta come with some papers. You got to show papers on that. This is it, man. This is the start. This is the start. Yeah, man, this is how it's gonna start. It, yes, man, real spiel. This is how it's gonna start. The show starts. Huh? Yes, man, the intro. Real spiel. Real spiel. Yes, real. You were just talking about sleep, or lack thereof, how you think you're an alien. No, not an alien, but like a short sleeper. Explain. Is a category, okay, so, you know, they recommend what, seven to nine hours of sleep for an adult? For a growing boy. Whatever. But uh, short sleepers are like a category, it's like 1% or 2% of the population on Earth or something like that. They think is a short sleeper, it's like... You can function like a normal person off of six or less hours of sleep a day and you don't have to catch up on sleep on weekends or like anything like that. But they say they have the categories down for the people they studied. It's a small study, but it's like people who are don't drink coffee, who are up, always trying to keep busy, probably hold multiple jobs, like all this other stuff Hmm. is interesting. No, it was interesting because we were talking about it earlier and I said, what are the odds of both of us being that way? Because I get the feeling that I can function on four to six hours of sleep a lot too and i think we've evolved or been conditioned to do that because of working in media you've worked in it way longer than i did but the odd hours smoking the weed definitely that numbs you when you go to sleep or sedates you more than you get a chance to go into REM sleep so oh yeah most people who smoke frequently don't have dreams i guess a lot of people a lot of people say who who quit say that they have more vivid dreams like when they first quit after a few days because they start dreaming again. For Extremely real. lucid. And Matt Walker says that it'll build up in your brain, that fluid or the REM buildup that makes those crazy dreams. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's part of it. I have dreams. I had some wild ass dreams the other day. That's just crazy. Do you remember them? For sometimes. But I, right now I can't remember. But like, I normally I write them down. Uh, see, you got to have that pen and pad next to bed so you know to write it down or just put them in your notes as soon as you get up in your phone. But my thing is, I never remember my dreams. And when I do go off the weed for a couple days on a vacation or something like that, I'll notice that my dreams get super lucid. And on top of that, I'll also just sleep way longer and way more restfully. So I think that has to do with it, too. True. Yeah, no, I mean, I like dreams, so I try and have like methods that I've read online or like other ways to try and help you remember them. Yeah. So they say like if you drink half a glass of water before bed and then another half a glass when you wake up, for somehow it'll it does something to your brain to try and help you remember dreams. I haven't tried that one because I don't want to like piss the bed even though I'm a grown adult. I don't yeah. think I would, but I'd rather not even try. <laughs> and then uh, like a dot on your hand, so you copy that when you look at that during the day, and then in a dream it carries over. I don't know. Yeah. There's a bunch of ways, but... Well, I got enough imagination out here to daydream. I make my own dreams and turn them into reality. But at night, I would like to have some movies. There you go. But outside of sleep, the reason I have been getting less and less up late watching these games. I heard Adam Silver talking about moving the schedule for NBA playoffs to 8 o'clock versus 9 o'clock. That'd or be 7 love. o'clock. Yeah, just moving stuff up an hour. 
Because, like, I got to be up at 3, so I can't be staying up watching these games. But uh, I haven't seen either game. I haven't watched either game. That's what I'm saying. They need to cater more to the East Coast people because that's where a majority of the population is anyway. And whenever I'm on the West Coast, they never care about sports. They never do. They never want to go to the games. You know, it's always other shit to do. And when the games are happening, like, football kicks off at 10 a.m. Nobody's going to see the L.A. Rams at 10 a.m. I mean, people are, but not as many people are going to see the Tampa Bay Bucks, And the Bucks suck. It's, uh, it's pain because I want to watch. I really do, but I just can't. Well, they've been very entertaining. The series is tied 1-1 right now. I Cole think Wa- the old Drake thing is kind of funny. Well, yeah, and the thing about modern-day sports media, the way it is, you can just follow everything 24-7 anyway. They're isn't gonna it sh- funny how like the biggest talk isn't about the games themselves? It's about, like, oh, Katie and Clay stayed in the tunnel to talk to Drake after the game. Well, that's a big part of the conversation, but if you watch sports radio, they're still talking about the game. Yeah, I know. They're talking about injuries, and they're talking about, I mean, they're just trying to create headlines. Drake really saved them because they've gotten lazy. They've had the ability to lean on LeBron the last 10 years for headlines. Very true. That's an easy talking point. LeBron's legacy, LeBron's legacy, LeBron's legacy. Now, they have to create actual talking points around, you know, injuries. Now they can be like, oh, Steph's. Steph's legacy, KD's legacy. Do it, they trade? Does KD leave? Does Does Draymond? Da, 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 da. Yeah, well, they've had to get a little creative this year, and I think they've done a good job. There's plenty to talk about with yeah, all the turmoil is. on the Warriors and the Raptors not supposed to be here. I mean, the fact Masai Ujiri did what he did, executive of the year type move. So, I mean, there's plenty to talk about, and there's plenty to watch. Uh, Kawhi Leonard's been hobbled and still able to put up 30. With yeah, man, I was so wrong. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't have been wronger. I was so wrong. Yeah, you thought Milwaukee was the shoe-in. They were built to beat the Warriors. Shit, they weren't built Dude, to beat anyone. Drake got to them. They, he really did. And, like, Kawhi balled out for someone who wasn't 100%. Like, <laughs> he held I it tip, together that I last game. I my hat to you, sir. <laughs> yeah, he held it together that last game. I was so wrong. And I don't say that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's unfortunate, man. If you're wrong, you should admit it. I just did. Yeah. Well, good thing it's on wax. Kawhi Leonard performed. Giannis couldn't even answer questions after not being able to if perform. It was kind of a stupid question. I don't think it was that silly. It was a question. an ill-timed question. They just lost. They're out of the playoffs, and she goes, "Oh, does this experience of losing out of the fucking this round of the playoffs prepare you better for next season?" That's a decent question, not right after you lose. I think cooler heads should prevail. You should never get too high or too low. And as somebody who prides himself on Mamba mentality, he should have been able to stay there and take a question and definitely not I mean, leave I his mean, second Kobe best player. Kobe was always a dick to the, to the media, too. No, for sure. But Middleton did look like, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, no, nah, he looked lost. Yeah, no, nah, that was unfortunate for Giannis to do that. I mean, he's young, dude. He's like 25. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to hold it against him for the rest of his career, but it definitely goes to mentality. I think he's a giant Westbrook. And long term, I don't know nah, if that dude, type he of... he started shooting, bro. He could shoot. He could shoot. He probably shot like 30%. Watch him Watch him work on shooting this offseason. That's what Kobe told him to do is every offseason get better at something. We've seen Westbrook shoot relatively well, but it's mental. Now it's starting to go away. And when your they game... got one year, dude. But when your game is all built on physical... If they don't win it next year or go next year, then, like, that team fizzles out because they're going to have to pay. We talked about this, I'm pretty sure, last time. They're going to have to pay 
like Middleton, and they're probably gonna and they they just gave Bledsoe. They have all these people they're gonna have to pay, and Giannis, oh. and they're gonna have to pay Giannis. So they got like this next year, twenty twenty, is the year that they probably gotta perform. And if not, Giannis might dip out if they don't win. Yeah, Maybe. The- the Bucks aren't going to win, and he's probably going to stay there because he's the type of dude that stays. Yeah, like he will. I think he will stay. I'm just saying, like, they, there's a lot of people saying that 2020, that's their year that they have before all this shit kind of, like, goes away, and I, they could do it. Well, let me tell you, all this shit's going to go away because nobody's winning a title while the Warriors are still contrived as they currently are. And if KD decides if to stay. Toronto, the way they are right now, Toronto could with all the injuries that Golden State has right now. If those injuries remain true, but I don't think all those players are going to stay out. Clay will probably play. Look, I picked the Raptors to win in seven, but the way the Warriors have looked, especially in Toronto in game two, that really, really took it out of me. We're not, you know, I'm not on the court. I don't really care that much, and I didn't bet on the games. But at the end of the day, I want to be right, and yeah, they should have won that game. That was a must win. At home, they got to take back home court. And with Kawhi limping around, Pascal Siakam going from spicy P to mild P, <laughs> I really don't think it's going to be a Raptors victory. I don't I mean, think Drake's going to be dancing through the six. I mean, we'll see. All right, well, we'll see. I hope they're running through the I six. Don't really, I'm woes. not really like, oh, I'm going to pick this team to win. I haven't been watching. So, like, but. See I him? mean, I picked before this, this series started, I said Warriors in five, probably. Seeing what I've seen, I'm picking the Warriors in seven now. DeMarcus Cousins, Draymond Green, he is going to get the MVP if they do win because he's had the most consistent two games, averaging damn near a triple-double. Steph Curry's been cold and hot, but still averaging like 30 points, which is so weird. Like, he'll have the quietest 30 you've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. But that's enough basketball. There was some good fights this weekend. I know you don't watch a lot of boxing, but you're familiar with who Anthony Joshua is. Yeah, yeah, I know who he is. I know he got knocked out. Yeah, TKO. He's an Olympic gold medalist. So for those of you saying he's trash now, stop it. Show some respect to Andy Ruiz. He's not trash. Don't demote a dude after he takes an L. You should ascend the dude who beat him. Yeah, it is kind of like saying, like, oh, he's trash. Granted, I I have to admit, in a message I said, oh, he's trash. But that's because I just think, like, the past few years, I know he's not trash. I just think the past few years it's like, oh, he's been ducking Fury and Wilder. So it's like, oh, he's trash for that. He's been built up as boxing's golden boy because of the way he looks. Like he's carved out of stone, Greek Adonis, fighting Tony Soprano. But the uh, yeah, but saying he's trash is not only disrespectful to Anthony Joshua, but it's also disrespectful to Andy Ruiz. To Andy, Andy Ruiz, yeah, the first Mexican heavyweight in the history of the sport. Can you name a heavyweight Mexican in any combat sport? No, you can't. They rarely exist. Cain Velasquez was the first heavyweight to win a title in anything as a Mexican, and that was in MMA, and it took the history of the sport because Mexicans are small people, Jake. I don't know if you knew that. There aren't too many heavyweight competition Mexicans out there. I can't name any Mexican NFL players right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there are some. They exist. But I don't know any. Exactly. Can't think of any off the top of your head. Usually tinier people. So, for one to finally win the title in a devastating fashion against a dude who looked like Apollo Creed, it was crazy to see. And I didn't watch the fight live because I didn't pick Andy Ruiz. To be honest, I hadn't heard of him before. He took this fight on short notice. 
Apparently, he DM'd Eddie Hearn, who is AJ's promoter. Yeah, after the other guy uh, tested positive, tested, like failed a bunch of drug tests. Like they were like, he just DM'd him. He was like, "Oh, I'm trying to fight." Yeah, Big Baby Miller tested positive for Mexican supplements. Oddly enough, because Anthony Joshua ended up getting his ass beat by a Mexican. Andy Ruiz is an Olympic competitor. He fought in the Beijing 2008 Olympic Games for the country of Mexico. He did not qualify, but he fought. And he lost to dudes who ended up meddling. So he's a good fighter. The only loss he's taken as a pro was against Joseph Parker, who AJ ended up beating a few months back, defending his title and taking, I think, the IBF title in the process. So all that being said, boxing's hard. Fighting's hard. Anybody can get knocked out any given night. And that's why Dana White makes the best matchups with the best athletes. So you don't end up in a situation like this. And that's why UFC is succeeding over the sport of boxing. That's what you can do when you have a league. When you have an organization, an organized body that gets together and says, we're all fighting for the common good. Whereas in boxing, you got the IBF, you got the IBA, you got the WBO, you got the WBC. They're all out for one another. And then you got each state with its own commission. And then you got the judges and you got promoters. It's way too many hands in the pot. You ever heard the term, too many chiefs, not enough Indians? Yeah. Too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. And they cooking up that crack, boy. Because it's still good competition. It's still drama. I just want to see another Wilder Fury fight. Great drama. That's what I want to see. Because I think Fury won that fight. Fury did win the fight. Like, I know they called it a draw. And a lot of people were like, oh, well, he got knocked down twice. How could he win the fight? He didn't get knocked out. And that's why there's a three knockdown rule, right? Like, come on. (laughs) I don't have a problem with the draw. There should be more draws in sports and fighting. Because at the end of the day, these judges a lot of times don't know what the hell they're watching. A lot of the time they didn't compete in the sport. So for me, a draw was fine because on points, Fury outboxed them. But those two knockdowns could count as 10-8 rounds if you're looking at how fights are judged. So with Fury also being down longer than the standard 10 count, I think Wilder has a case for it being a solid draw. In any case, a rematch is nothing I'm going to be upset about. Yeah. Boxing's in a good place. People I, were talking about how it's all done now. You'll still watch an Anthony Joshua Wilder fight. I can't you? really, I can't really talk about it because I mean, like, I know just enough to speak on some of it, but not enough to really speak on all of it. Well, as an outside fan looking at it from a macro level, you would still watch Anthony Joshua versus Deontay Wilder. I mean, I would watch it, but I'd rather watch a Wilder Fury fight. Really interesting. So, would you watch a Fury Joshua fight? Again, I'd watch it, but I'd rather watch a Wilder Fury fight. Well, that's going to happen. That's coming in 2020. They've already announced it. I would watch it. the other fights, yeah. Like I, just because he lost one time, he shouldn't fight those guys. I just think, let me watch them fight again because they had a draw before either one fights Anthony Joshua, who just lost. Unfortunate for him, but that's how it works. Like, that is on. how it works. <laughs> and he was being kept on the outside anyway. He, even, he was ducking him. He didn't want to fight him. Even if he had beat Andy Ruiz... Wilder nor Fury were going to fight him. They were going to fight each other first after they fought whoever was, you know, mandated for their, you know, belts or whatever. You know, they're just trying to build up the fight more. Ultimately, only 300,000 people watched Fury Wilder won. So that's why Tyson felt like he needed to join a promotion in top rank with ESPN to build up some clout and get it to at least 500,000 pay-per-view eyes. In this current climate where you can stream everything, it's hard to 
commit to purchasing a pay-per-view for 70 80 100 in hd it's ridiculous that's why the zone has got it on lock you go ahead pay i think it's 9.99 a month you can stream all the fights it's like 200 fights a year yeah whereas with the espn app you have to pay for espn plus 5.99 a month and then pay for the pay-per-view every time it comes on which is every week there's a ufc every week and now espn owns pfl which I think is the Pro Fighters League or Point Fighting League or something like that. They fight every Thursday. So it's just, I think it's starting to get oversaturated a little bit where they just see this 18 to 32 demographic and they're like, oh, cash in. I mean, maybe. Like, again, I don't know enough to really speak on it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I didn't want to get balls deep on it. But, I mean, shit, fighters lose, man. Lennox Lewis lost to Haseem Rockman. Ali lost to Ken Norton and Frazier. Roy Jones Jr. isn't less dope because he got knocked out by Antonio Tarver. I mean, there's really only, like, one or two guys who really haven't been knocked out. You know, Floyd, and then what's my other dude? Uh, Marciano. No, um, he just fought in the last year or two. This is going to bother me, but I'm not going to be able to remember it. Well, the only fighters I can think of who are undefeated are Rocky Marciano and Floyd Mayweather. I mean, Deontay Wilder, too. He hasn't lost yet. Who's the dude who has like 200 or a couple hundred fights under his belt? He's a boxer. Julio Cesar Chavez had. Like as, no, it's not him, dude. Like Julio Cesar Chavez went 89-0 and 0 before he lost. That was one of the best streaks in boxing. I can't think of anybody who's got over 100 fights and hasn't lost, though, in boxing. I mean, it's not that he hasn't lost. Those were just like amateur fights under his belt or something. I don't know. Oh, you're talking yeah. about Vasil Lomachenko? Yeah, dude. He's a he's a beast. Well, he's lost. He lost his first professional fight. Yeah, yeah, but like either well, way, he's he's an animal, dude. Yeah, no, he's the type that will never, you know, lose again, I don't think, as a pro. I don't want to say never. I mean you never know. You never know what could happen. He got knocked down in a fight against uh Damn, I can't think of the dude's name. I think he was Panamanian. And that dude was definitely on roids, but he has too much fun in there. Like, he starts to dance around, and he starts to play with the opponent too much. Like, sometimes he lacks respect for his opponent, similar to what you saw with AJ getting knocked out by Tony Soprano. Yo, say what you want. Andrew Ruiz getting a deal with Snickers, saying what he said about his mom, bringing him out of poverty, not having to struggle no more. I mean, the dude's 29, been fighting his whole life. I respect Fat Boy. Teddy Atlas said it best in his setback gym memberships for the last two years. Ain't going to be no New Year's resolutions coming up in this January. I just had something I was going to ask you about, and I can't remember what it is. Yeah, I was going into fighting a lot. I mean, this is the biggest upset since Tyson, so it had to be discussed. If I bet no, 100 no, bucks. I know, I know. It's a big upset. No, I know that. If Huge I bet, upset, but I just had something I was going to ask you, and I, for the life of me, I can't remember. Well, while you're trying to remember, I'll just say, had I bet 100 bucks on this fight, I would have won 1200 That would have been nice. 100 bucks on Andy Ruiz winning, of course, which I wouldn't have done. Man, styles make fights, though. Styles definitely make fights. But I was going to also talk about the negativity amongst sports fans in general, but particularly fighting fans. Like, they will abandon an athlete quicker than anyone. That junk is crazy. It's just how it is nowadays. Yeah. For some reason, people are just so quick to be, oh, they're, they're not good. Yeah, people are very quick to judge. I think it's because most of them haven't competed in anything athletically. And they haven't challenged themselves physically past high school a lot of times. Yeah, that's true. I mean, maybe. 
if you aren't putting yourself in difficult situations physically on a regular basis, it's hard for you to comprehend what an athlete is going through or to even put yourself in the shoes of somebody who is a real competitor at that level because you don't struggle. You don't know what struggle feels like. So it's easy for you to sit from your ivory tower, as they say, and throw shade, throw judgment in a glass house because I break that shit down with a bat. I can't stand when people call fighters trash or when people not. I don't want to say that not to you specifically, but when people say athletes are weak or when they say, oh, he's a bitch, stuff like that. I mean, it just upsets me. And I've been caught doing it before, but it's usually about dudes who just do things off the field like Greg Hardy or when Antonio Brown is literally acting like a bitch. Yeah, I don't know how Greg Hardy like. Did all the things he did, and no one was really just like everyone's like, oh, he's gonna go on this list after he plays most of this year. I mean, he's fighting in MMA now, so I shouldn't say too much because I might run into him someday. <laughs> he's a nice guy from all accounts. He hasn't done anything in MMA circles that make people, yeah. you know, whatever. Dean Thomas is a dude who trains him in jujitsu, and I respect the shit out of Dean Thomas. So, whatever. That's neither here nor there. Fighters specifically, they're like real, real, you know, calm people. Every now and again, you'll get. Cases of people who abuse their wife or something or on steroids or drugs or something and go crazy. But a lot of times they're respectful people. They yeah. hug after they beat each other's ass. True. I, it's football players won't even shake your hand after you beat them. Yeah. Wasn't it Peyton Manning? Sore losers. Big babies a lot of times. Especially basketball players. Russell Westbrook. DeMarcus Cousins. We just talked about Giannis. Wouldn't even answer questions. I mean, that doesn't mean they're not respectful to their opponent, but... A lot of dudes are sore losers, whereas when you get your ass beat, it's hard not to just say, hey, yeah, you beat my ass, unless you feel like you got clipped or something. Still can't remember what I was going to say. Probably has something to do with weed and sleep depravity, so you should work on that, man. But I wanted to also talk about uh, why they see us, because I haven't seen it yet, but I know that it's a visual depiction of the central park five like at least a tv depiction of it sort of like a, a long drawn out movie like five episodes that ava duvernay did ava duvernay uh, you haven't made. watched it yet either yeah i'm probably not gonna watch it anytime soon i know i need to but i've seen parts of the central park five documentary and i've read it before the articles and i know everything surrounding the central park five so i feel like i don't need to see that story it's kind of like roots like, I don't need to watch the modern version of Roots. Alex Haley got it covered. I bring this up because Linda Farstein or Fairstein, who was the prosecutor who coerced the confession out of those five young men, is now being harassed on social media to the point she had to delete all her accounts. And she is being kicked off the board of directors for some minority run charity that she's been on for the last 20 years. And nobody knew that she was a part of the charity. My thing is, if you're associated with this charity and you saw that chick's name living in New York, you've had access to this information for 20 years. Well, again, it comes back to just the day and age that we're in. Yeah. Someone brings a light to something or you, you like in sports, you lose or someone brings a light to something. And then people are like, oh, my God, even though they've known it's the same with R. Kelly shit. People known about that shit for a long time. And what now? Because this shit comes on TV. People give a fuck. Like, yeah. Excuse my language. That was a very quick turnaround of words, but no worries. We talked about that, but yeah, it's like a group thing or like some type of uh, like okay. mob mentality. She did a bad thing back then, but that's her. That was her job, kind of. It's not her job to be a shitty person, but most lawyers have to be kind of like ruthless a lot of the time. And 
And let's be honest, the way it was uh, depicted on Netflix might not be the way it actually happened. I mean, I haven't watched it, so I can't I can't talk about that either. But like, I haven't watched it either. But I've seen bits and parts of the documentary, and at the end of the day, from what I've heard, lawyers on podcasts, people who have worked in assistant DA offices, and I've actually known tons of lawyers, they always talk about it being a game. It always being at the end of the day a competition between the defense and the state. And you want to win at all costs. So the state pulls out a lot of stops. And a lot of times they have more resources. And they'll do things that are hard to stomach. Make deals with criminals. You know, Hillary Clinton will sit there and laugh about getting rapists off back when she was a defense attorney. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Like you said. Yeah, no, it's like you got to be savage for real. It's a dark place to be. A lot of times those people have the same mentality as anyone who would be a contract killer. They just ended up being a killer on paper. Yep. To change the subject a little, I don't remember what I was going to say, but I do have two two or three things that I we could talk about real quick. Number one, Jay-Z, first hip-hop billionaire. I'm kind of surprised that it wasn't Diddy or Dre, but if it's anybody, it would be those three, I mean, that I could see doing it. Yeah, they said Dre actually ended up walking away with $700 million, ugh, after taxes and splitting the $3 billion with Jimmy Iovine and Apple and I guess whoever else got a piece. Yeah. The difference between a billion and seven hundred million, I mean, what is it really? No, no, I know. I'm just saying, like, I would have figured it'd be Diddy, honestly, first. But from, it's not surprising, like I said, that Jay Z did it. Oh yeah, no. I, I can go for him. Like he worked his way up from Brooklyn to this hip hop mogul, but Well, yeah, to a global icon, but I don't understand exactly how it works because seven hundred million dollars in a lump some of like real liquid equity that you can get right now versus a billion that's split between a bunch of different corporations. I'd rather be Dre is what I'm saying. I think I'd rather be a dude who's like sitting in a room with Jimmy Iovine one day and just said, oh yeah, I got this idea for headphones and I just came up on 700 million. Dre was never going to make $700 million doing it. Name a Dr. Dre product other than music. Beats by Dre. Exactly. Jay-Z had to bust his ass out here investing. I mean, Jay-Z has Ducey. Jay-Z has... That's what I'm saying. He has a whole bunch of stuff, like art, like all this other shit. That shit was way harder. And he had to deal with Dame Dash crazy ass. I'm just saying. They all have... I mean, that's a lot of money. Like, hey, stupid money, but... You all got your own path. I'm just saying. If I had to pick one of these moguls, one of these billionaires in quotations, I'm picking the 700 millionaire in yeah. Dr. Dre. He probably got 700... Five million. Still amusing. Tyler's album, Tyler Creator. Did you listen to it? Yeah, yeah. Don't expect a rap album or hip hop album when Igor. you listen to that. Yeah, dude, I liked it. Yeah, no, that's 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 dope. I liked it. It's, the it's production vibey. Is dope. The production slaps. <laughs> it's vibey. He's the first artist to score a number one without any type of production from anyone else. Yeah, he did it all. He scored it. He wrote it. He did it. Produced it. Scored it. All that. But there's still features. Yeah. I mean. A bunch of features, but still. J. Cole went platinum, no features, though. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's yeah. a little different, man. No, it's way different. You're right. That Different musical gifts, but both equally valuable and beneficial to, you know, the overall culture. I appreciated it. I like. I mean, I've been jamming Earthquake. I was jamming it on vacation. Yeah. And he's got that, that weird, odd swag. I mean, odd future. You know, it's been that way for a while. 
It's just I don't know how much Odd Future really is a thing anymore, but well, him just being an odd dude, I'm saying it's gone mainstream. You know, he's got a show on Adult Swim. Yeah, the Jellies. He used to have uh, a show on there, um, Loiter Squad, which had some funny sketches. Yeah, those always all crank. It's crazy how much of an impact he's had and influence he's had on overall culture as such a young dude, because he's like our age or maybe yeah, a year younger. He's a he's a year older than me. Okay, so I don't yeah. know if we're the same age. No, he's a year older than me, too, because I think we're both 27, right? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, he's like 28, 29, but the dude's a beast. Sonically, with what he does with music. Aesthetically, what he does with some clothing. I wouldn't rock all of it, but... I have a couple couple things. Yeah, and it's good quality. He's got his own swag, and he's funny. I mean, he's a multi-talented dude, multifaceted. Yeah. Well, I don't know that I'm going to speak on this, but DC Council is sending probably is going to vote on something to send to the mayor to sign is to let people who are convicted felons who are in jail vote interesting do you think that should be allowed depending on the crime so non-violent crimes yes while they're behind bars yes yeah and i think it'll be real real funny because politicians will have to campaign in prisons and they'll have to pander to prisons like well it's only in dc that's all only dc well they said maine and like for vane and vermont or maine and new hampshire or something like that would let incarcerated felons vote but other put i'm for so i'm for expanded voting rights like i think if you served your time and you're out of prison after then so be it you you can vote yeah especially I think if, if you're, you're in prison then why should you be afforded the luxury of voting if you're in prison, if you're behind bars. No, if you're in prison, you should still be able to vote just because it'll be way easier for politicians to campaign just giving out cartons of cigarettes and shit like that. Just imagine if you could <laughs> go to a prison and be like, I got 36 packs of Magnum condoms for all y'all. Not that you need them, but for when you get out, you're good to go. No, I don't I don't have a problem with it at all. If you're incarcerated, you should have the ability to still vote. I mean, you're dealing with like I said, it depends on the crime. Um, most of them probably wouldn't do it anyway. To yeah. be honest, most of them probably wouldn't vote anyway, just like most citizens. That's why they're thinking about expanding the vote, because they need as many votes as possible. It's damn embarrassing that like 30% of the voting population turns out every four years. I just thought it was interesting. No, it's real interesting. Uh, they need to figure out how to fix the voting rights already currently in place, though. I mean, states like North Carolina, states like Florida, states like Ohio still deal with a lot of gerrymandering, a lot of redistricting where they're trying to make sure minorities and certain people don't vote. Yep. The only other thing that I was thinking about was the televangelist thing that I posted earlier. That specific dude was a preacher from Lubbock, Texas, whose name is escaping me right now for some reason. Kenneth Copeland. Kenneth Copeland got wrapped up in a jet scandal, as they all do. And I get, if you're a minister, you want to spread the good word. As an evangelical, that is your call to grace, as I understand it. I'm not religious, but I know that they think they need to spread the good word through gospel and preaching. And But there's a long list of these guys, right? Got private jets through ill-gotten means, tax-free Stealing from the needy by saying it's for prosperity. That's not the gospel I grew up with. Did you grow up going to church? No. All right. So, I mean, I grew up going to Baptist church and 
We were taught that Jesus was poor and he didn't like rich people. So the idea that these evangelicals or televangelists have twisted it into a prosperity or wealth gospel that says these specific scriptures in the Bible say, if you praise God, he going to praise you with money. That doesn't make sense. I don't get how that works. He didn't like money. He didn't need money. I don't think God got a pocketbook. What you need a jet for? God fly with angels. It's funny. I'm pretty sure everybody at this point knows who God is in some form or another. You don't have to go to Aruba and Peru. I mean, and you're buying. They, he, she asked him, how much did you buy the Tyler Perry's jet for? And he didn't answer. <laughs> and then he got all pissed off. After she asked him about some shit he said about like demons in a tube. And then he tried to get real aggressive, but also very, very Southern and real, real polite. Like that fake politeness. And his eyes look crazy because he's clearly got that eyelid surgery where he's looking like Dolly Parton mixed with John Rivers, R.I.P. What was even grosser than him was this one preacher I saw one time, Mike Murdoch, literally bragging to his congregation. I had enough money to buy a beautiful Cessna Citation jet, cash. And since there's so much jealousy in this room tonight that I can feel over this, a few weeks later, I bought another one worth three times what that one was. Cash. Act happy over my blessing, folks. Be happy for me, folks. I just bought another jet. Cash. And then... Wow. After I had that jet, you know what I did? I went and got another one. Paid cash. Wow. Yeah, also from Texas. Bro, and Joel Osteen, too, has that big-ass church. And when Harvey hit... Didn't let nobody come stay there. Like, where's he from? You're really t Houston, bro. Texas. Texas. Like, it must be oil money there. When you mix guns, grits, God, and gravy, toxic mixture there in Texas. It's the South, dog. Yeah, and they got Mexicans. Of course, they love God. I mean, and that's beautiful. Love God. Love <laughs> your God. In any form, God comes. Praise Him. It doesn't take a G five. They're using God to shield behind. They're using God as a shield to act like they're holier than thou. Peter Popoff. He was a guy who used to say that he could prophetically anoint people. So he was later revealed to be getting information fed to him by his wife through some type of listening device where she would get info from partitioners as they're coming into the church and then give that information to him later on. Like she see a woman in a wheelchair and say, oh yeah, tell her that she can walk now. Or you see a woman that, you know, would talk about having cancer or talk about losing a relative. And then he would be sitting from the pulpit and then point them out because she's had an earphone in there, but she's selling miracle spring water online. Now I saw these scams and gimmicks don't go anywhere. I mean, Peter Popoff got revealed as a scumbag in 1997. This dude's probably still making millions somewhere. All tax-free. Motherfucker still got money under the mattress. <laughs> it's a good place to have it. Yeah, man. He went bankrupt for a little bit, but they be making that money back. He get it back. Get it back. But yeah, that's all I had. I just wanted to talk about the televangelists a little bit. I am helping people through God, but they're giving me a bunch of money that they probably need more than I do. Oh, yeah. It was always weird for me when I was a kid because I went to a church where they bought our pastor a Lincoln Town car. It was leased, but... That's not something you should do. No, why? Like, why? I didn't understand it then, and I don't understand it now. He needs a chariot. God said so? 
Because God says so, man. Because God said so. And they want to have some figurehead that represents royalty. People want somebody to look up to. Like, if you look at these religions that are all created, essentially, they're looking for a god. So they just create them through this figure. I mean, like, all the different uh, cults and stuff in the 60s and 70s. It's just lost people looking for somebody to follow. Same type of thing with a lot of these religions. They're cults. They're part of the occult. They just shorten the term. So, I don't know. That's all I got, though. Yeah, I'm done, too. Yeah. Cut that up.